Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Think Big Bodybuilding Media. I'm Scott McNally, and today I'm hanging out with Vigorous Steve of the Vigorous Steve channel, and we are discussing all things PEDs. If you guys want to skip around, I've got timestamps below. I'll also have a link to Steve's channel. And uh, listen, if you're new here, then I would encourage you to subscribe because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week. Uh, top coaches and IFBB pros that are here to help you learn more so that you can be better at this sport that we love. If you guys enjoy the show, then do me a favor, hit the like button and leave us a comment. All of that stuff helps to boost us up so that other people can find our programming. All right, guys, let's get to Steve. Guys, what's up? Got Vigorous Steve with me. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, anybody who's checking this out on YouTube, you may be a Vigorous Steve fan already, and that's why you're here. And if so, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to having this conversation, man. Uh, we will get back to that sure. in just a minute because we were kind of talking a little bit off air uh, about mm -hmm. how Steve just got the word that his heart is okay, that everything looks good. It's, it's Your doctor actually, basically told you you should go on cycle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. He gave me a special call in the middle of my leg workout, and he said, just stop, go back home, uh, pin some gear, and then come back and finish your workout. Yeah, so what, is, what does that look like? What does a cycle look like for, for Vigorous Steve nowadays? It's Well, it's it's not really a cycle. So I'm, I'm going to start with 125 milligrams of test, and I miscalculated because I'm doing a pharmaceutical grade, a Bayer. Oh, yeah. And those ampules are overfilled. Yes. So like, like 0.1 or something. It's like minuscule. But right. Yeah. It, it adds up. So yeah. I'm, to be technically correct, I want half an ampule of Bayer testoviron and a whole ampule of Bayer Primo per week, which boils down to 156 milligrams of test and 125 milligrams of Primo. What do you think so you're it's a little bit more to, than HRT? Yeah, what do you think you're going to get out of that? I mean, what's 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 the end game? That doesn't it's a starting sound like a cycle. Okay, okay. No, I know, I know. That's everybody's faulting me for this. But listen, I'm going to start low, and I already noticed the effect. So I'm okay. already <laughs> swelling up and gaining a little bit of weight every day, and it's only been four days. Yeah. So I'm just going to start here, see how much I'm going to get out of it, and then if I feel I need to increase, I can always increase. Yeah. But I just start low somewhere because I've been off cycle for eight months. So it's off everything. Off everything. Well, I did some experiments with growth hormone and some peptides. Eh, and I had to use off. a little bit of insulin on, on leg day. And you always find an excuse to run something. Of course. Um, but, so, but no no so, anabolic, or excuse me, like no male sex hormones, basically, or or derivatives no. of, you know. No, and, and nothing to support the HPTA. So no ACG, no HMG, no. Uh, I did run an experiment with Kispeptin 10. Okay. Uh, which is an, a new peptide that they want to incorporate into the uh, HRT space. Yeah. But it, it didn't change anything to my uh, hormone level. So okay. I, I, that experiment was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. But all right, so I've been off cycle for eight months and I figured, you know what, let's just start low, see how much I'm going to get out of it because I can always increase to, to a whole ampule of test right? and two ampules of Primo and then maybe one and a half amps of test, right? Yeah. And just build my way up that way as needed. I like because, that. Because, um, yeah, just start, start slow because, listen, I'm, I've been pushing against that, you know, that plateau of natural testosterone because mm -hmm. luckily my testosterone came back to 600 nanograms per deciliter. Nice. But it's but it's nothing like what it used to be uh, on, on even a moderate cycle, you know? Sure. So, yeah, so I, a, I like bit, a little idea. bit of a bump. I like that idea. I, uh, I, I don't always do that type of thing, but I work with a guy who comes to mind and we, this is what we've tried. And, and this is something I explained to him, which I think is the mindset you're using. Um, mm -hmm. He was attempting to get his wife pregnant, which he did. Shout out to him. I don't want to say his name since we're talking about gear, but he knows who he is. Uh, and he had been off for quite a while. Uh, and then he went back to, he, he was like, once, once I, once we get that and we're through the first trimester, dude, I'm, I want to hit the gear. I want to hit the sauce, you know? <laughs> and we started with, I think it was like one CC a test and yeah. he started progressing. And the goal was eventually to get to like two CCs a test. Plus he had some NPP he wanted to run. Uh, but we, we staged it incrementally. We got what we could. Because listen, man, going from like your situation of nothing, I, I can see what you're saying. Uh, adding in a small amount, you're going to get a benefit. And guess what? That leaves you room because eventually you are going to hit a point in any cycle where it has to end. 
And the less yeah. you're taking now, the further you are from that point. So you, exactly. you could ride this for a long time, I bet. Right. And then let's say I get good results for about four months because it, it will take me a while to get back to my previous strength because yeah. I lost about 80%. Well, I came down to 80%. I didn't lose 80%. That would be horrible. <laughs> but I, I lost, I, I came down to about 80% strength, you know, maybe 80% of the reps with that strength. So, you know, some exercise, even 50%. And I, I want to build back up to that previous strength as best as possible Yeah. without relying on the, the steroids because in the end, it's the steroids that will take a little bit of uh, the health off you. Sure. And now I'm in basically in a perfect state of health. Yeah. I'm not 100% perfect, but as, as good as it can be for a guy that's 37 that took steroids for 10 years. <laughs> um, so, right. So I'm just going to slowly build it up as uh, as needed. And I think I can get decent results of right, half an ampule of uh, test of iron and, and an ampule of Primo. Absolutely. It, it's not going to be like game changing results. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect that, but I think it's an awesome start, you know, and I think you can right. do a lot with it. I think so. I mean, I, am I going to look like a phenomenal bodybuilder? Absolutely not. I mean, you know, I probably need to run two grams a gear in total uh, to get anywhere close with the low body fat that's required to look uh, somewhat decent. Um, but right at this point in time, it's not not there yet. And I, I'm a little bit afraid. Let, let's say I go on a, a cycle, what I used to run, like let's say 500 tests and 500 primo. Yeah. You go from zero to a thousand milligrams a week. I mean, it's just going to cause side effects, water retention, sweating, you know, night sweats and and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to avoid this uh, this oversaturation of androgens in the one go. Sure. You know? And feel good in the process. I imagine going from nothing to this, you'll you know, you'll feel good. This kind of leads mm -hmm. me into uh, one of the one of the questions. I've got a couple of like staged questions that I, I have set up for us. Um, by the way, I appreciate having you on. This is cool, man. I, I, I like what dude. you're doing. I like what you're doing with Thank your you. channel. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff out there on YouTube that is so like sensational. Uh, and, and I, it's hard for me to get on board with being an old school guy. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect when I started following your stuff. Uh, check out Vigorous Steve guys. Uh, and you're, but you're running a great channel. The information you give is down to earth. Uh, you have a knack for breaking down more complex ideas into uh, ways that, that people, I think anybody could understand. So uh, I, I think you're doing a great job, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and to be honest, I learned a lot from the Advices Radio and Think Big because I've been following your channel and advices.com since, well, mid-2016. That's like, that's back when really awesome. Awesome. Uh, really, honestly, like I've, I've been watching a lot of your stuff since the early days that's because so cool. I was a fan of geared of podcast and project bodybuilding. And then I, I got to your podcast and you're the last man standing. Of this. <laughs> oh God. No, honestly. Oh God. Oh, hon which, wh <laughs> where are all the other bodybuilding podcasts now? Right. I know, man. So I know. Don't jinx so, me. You, no, 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 no. Don't worry, man. You got my blessing to keep going. It's uh <laughs> It's because it's one of the last like bodybuilding orientated uh, podcasts that I follow. That's why I wanted to give you a shout out because I know it's so hard to grow your channel, you know, with our kind of content because yeah. it's so niche. Yes, it is. It's so niche. And, and you know, with social media is growing and bodybuilding is kind of being put to the wayside, you know, They're like they don't care about it anymore. Yeah. Well, well, listen, I got some more bodybuilding stuff lined up for us. Awesome. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, and this completely ties into what we were just talking about. Um, I wanted you to kind of compare and contrast what, what Steve's mindset is for building a cycle today uh, for yourself versus 10 years ago. Uh, when you started gear or maybe even eight years ago as you were really getting into the groove with it, uh, you know, but the, the, the Steve of before versus the Steve of now, I think that people could really benefit from understanding this. I think that my first cycle was kind of basic also. It was also an ampule of test. Okay. Which a lot of people laughed at me. Also because, listen, we only had the steroid forums, right? And I, I was on intense muscle as well. Nice. But I was too intimidated to make an account. To be honest, right? because these guys would always be arguing about the most <laughs> trivial stuff. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to read and, and, and learn as much as I can. So I found uh, the dog pound and the dog crap stuff in 2004, 2005. Hell yeah. Really at the beginning. And, and just learn and learn and learn and learn and read as much as I could. 
then I got a little bit away because I had a little bit of a, a, a specific mindset on how to design cycles and I wanted to learn more. Yeah. So you go to some of the other steroid forums and there the cookie cutter first cycle is like 500 tests with a D-ball kickstart, right? Oh, absolutely. Got to have your PCT lined up. Boom. That's yeah, the, right. the <laughs> cycle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got everything in hand from the beginning. Yes. You know, it's only 13 weeks. If you extend it to 14 weeks, it's a uh, blasphemy. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Some of you are laughing at that right now, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy old time. So I, I did my best reading and honestly, I was a little bit scared um, to start steroids because I was, you know, doing the natural thing for like 10 years first. Yeah. And I, of course, I plateaued out, my, uh, you know, for, for like five years, the last five years. So I started low and, and I think my first cycle was a pretty success. Um, I, I changed dramatically and then I, I kind of get off the deep end because then I understood, okay, you may, maybe have to increase the dosages. Yeah. Then you do a low test and a high trend cycle, horrible mistake. Right? And then you yeah. do an, uh, a no test cycle, boldenone and nandrolone or something like this. Huh. Okay. And, and you do just all these weird combinations to, for the sake of experimentation. And if really, if I had a time machine, I would never do that. I would just stick with test mm. and the pharmaceutical grade uh, compounds that have, you know, some medical data behind it. Yeah. And they're not, not being popularized for like two years and then they fall out of favor. Medical like data. Mint. So does that, yeah, meant trend drugs like that, you wouldn't be using yeah. it. No, no. I mean, I, I don't compete. So why, why would I even use trend? I mean, it was on the forum days where everybody was kind of taught train is the best next best thing. And it's everybody still, yeah. needs to take train and, and you'll, you won't look like a bodybuilder around train. So, you know, mm -hmm. young impressionable minds are like, okay, I got to try this trend stuff. Yeah. And then I turn into a horrible person. Yeah. Moody it AF. It can happen. Yeah. No, and it, it's horrible for me. So, right, I wish I never took that stuff. So cycle design nowadays is just, it's very simple. I made a list, a short list for myself with bioidentical hormones. And then the only thing I would consider on top is stuff that's being used medically, like primabolin or Anivar. Really? And then, of course, yeah, and I'm experimenting a little bit with some peptides. Um, right, that's always interesting. Yeah. But the boldenone, the dehydroboldenone, the mint, Trimbalone, Nandrolone, I'm, I'm not really interested in anymore. Okay, fair enough, man. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, they are, they, okay, so how, how does that mindset apply to the advice that you would give to others? Because I saw one of the things I've seen people uh, comment on or critique you on, uh, I've seen it a couple times, this guy is saying, well, but that's not what Steve did to build the level of muscle he has. Uh, you know, so, so how would you apply your mindset or, or how does that relate to the mindset of, uh, how you would look at cycles for someone else who did want to grow like the most amount of muscle possible? Well, I mean, it's, it's, there's so much variability in how people respond to these different kinds of drugs. Yeah. So you have to consider the side effects, the short term and the long term and uh, finances, because like primavolin, if you want to run a pharmaceutical primavolin, it will set you back financially and not everybody's able to afford that. So they would rather take the boldenone and maybe risk long-term side effects mm. uh, or, or the mental side effects, you know, the, a little bit of anxiety and the increased red blood cells. So you have to outweigh everything and then make a very good cycle that's personalized regarding what you're willing to sacrifice health-wise mm. and the results you expect to get from that. So in the past, I've, I've done a cycle with bioidentical hormones, test, GH, insulin, IGF-1, and got great results and ended up at, at pretty good body weight and, and, and decently lean. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's also been times where I didn't know what I was doing and I would do the cookie cutter uh, test, train, masterone and winstrel cycle and, and not get anywhere. But other guys would get great results with this, um, right? If, if that works for, for them. So what I do with my clients, I just listen to their feedback yes. and see which, which compounds their body agrees with. And then increase the dose as needed because you might start low, but you might end up at a two and a half gram cycle anyway, if you're doing a prep. Yeah. At one point it might be required because your calories are so low, especially towards the end to get the last little bit of fat off. And right. The dose just might be a little bit higher than what we started with. Yeah. So I like it's, that. it's, it's so, so much variability between people. Right? And for me, I'm, I, I used to do high dosages and I'm, I'm not saying that I won't do high dosages in the past. Or in the future, sorry. Yeah. In the future. But like for now, um, I'm just seeing what I can accomplish with a, a lower dose. And it, when I get bored of 
you know, like being 75% of what I want to look like, okay, then the dose will go up and I'll, I'll be honest and transparent about it that I'm on a thousand tests and a thousand primo, for example. Yeah. Do you, do you, you know? foresee, so. well, are you willing to, to, to go that high again? I know you, uh, I, watching one of your recent videos, you said that uh, by the time you're 40, you plan on having kids. So you want to be able to maintain mm -hmm. your fertility. Is that a, is that a risk that you are willing to take, say taking the drugs that high again? Well, listen, I, I took the drugs quite high and did stupid stuff um, for the sake of experimentation and my fertility came back. Yeah. So uh, the, as of the last semen analysis, I have about 175 million sperm per milliliter, which is top of the reference range. Nice. So it's, it's not, yeah, right. <laughs> Killing literally. <laughs> so it's not something that I'm worried about, you know? So I froze that. And nice. I, I think the next time I come off cycle, I'll, I'll do the psychotherapy a little bit differently where I don't really try to recover the, the signal from the hypothalamus pituitary tube testes. Yeah. I'll just use the fertility drugs for the testicles and right, recover a little bit faster the fertility yeah. and, and, the next couple of years, I'll, I'll use some fertility drugs to keep the fertility going, like okay. a Kispeptin 10 or an ACG or an HMG, um, just to get out of that state of suppression a little bit faster. Because again, yeah. when you take steroids at any dose, your fertility is not optimal All right. um, I've got, compared to off cycle. You know? I've got one more question for you here, like my little warm up mm -hmm. questions. I know we're, we're more than warmed up at this point, um, <laughs> sure. but you did talk about a experimenting, you know, and... You said if you went back, uh, you'd probably not have done some of the like the weird combos that you had tried. Uh, I know mm -hmm. that, you know, you you are still experimenting today. You know, there's new peptides coming out. There's, it, it seems like every few months there's something new that just it lights on fire. Everybody's excited about it. And it's it's kind of like when we were kids and they introduced creatine. And yeah. everybody gets really excited. This is going to be a game changer. You are gaining 10 pounds of lean muscle, you know, if you load creatine and run this for 10 weeks or whatever. Uh, and then later we find out that like, oh, this wasn't what it was cracked up to be. And yeah. something I see a lot of times on uh, YouTube, especially, and, and I get it. It's, it's newer guys that are looking for the best answers and they're looking for something new and a lot of times something new sounds promising because it whole what if this is the compound that i needed all Gee. along yes to get to you know to get to be big rami size um yeah. how do you weed through uh personally how do you weed through what what seems viable to to give a try and some of the things because i'll tell you the truth man personally I feel like of all the things that I've tried th th that were weird and random, there is a small few that actually were worthwhile. And I waste a lot of money and a lot of time. And I put a lot of things into my system that I could have avoided, I think. No, I think so. But it, like for us as bodybuilders, we're always trying to look for something to improve, no matter how small the benefit is. Yeah. And sometimes you try something and it doesn't really work. And then sometimes you find something unique that nobody else has tried. And then you're like, yes, jackpot. And now this this is my knowledge. Right? Okay. And I, I actively try to share that. So, But I, I've experimented with the pro-hormones and the SARMs and the, like, everything in between. Now, from the pro-hormones, what do we still use? Superdrol? True. That's about it. Yeah. Right? And the SARMs, anything that we use now or that the bodybuilders use, uh, right? there's still plenty of kids that use SARMs, but SARMs are like a gateway to steroids now. <laughs> yeah, they are, aren't they? <laughs> Right, it's like a gateway drug to a real performance enhancing drugs. So all the stuff that fall into the SARM category are um, not SARMs. Yeah. GW1516, SR9009, and even the MK677 has some uh, practical application, um, although the insulin resistance is a bit of an issue yeah. with continuous use. But uh, what in the peptide scene, man, I mean, GHK Copper has some promise. I'm using that. It's I've heard uh, of a few it's people a, getting something out of that. What do you yeah, like about it? So, so initially, I wanted to see if I could remove gray hairs. Okay, one of these anti-aging drugs, and then I you look at the, all the benefits, and there's a, like a slew of benefits which are highly aimed towards older guys. Okay, it increases libido and it lowers inflammation and it is anti-cancer and uh, removes gray hairs, tightens the skin, and this and this and this and this. And this. <laughs> they really start to look into it. 
and it it basically improves collagen synthesis to put it simply so i'm like okay let's give this a try right and now i have access to it let's give it a try let's run it for six months to see if i can uh, remove some gray hair tighten the skin and get some collagen synthesis benefit out of it so i started injecting one milligram two milligram five milligrams of this ghk copper yeah. subcutaneously and i noticed that my skin was getting thicker huh which which indicates collagen synthesis it's not uh inflammation there's no redness right it's just pure collagen synthesis within the, the dermis of the skin let me ask so you i was question. losing a little bit was yeah. that was that systemically everywhere your skin was getting thicker or locally around the shot locally at the site of the injection i've so heard that little, yeah yeah i'm a bit lazy so i just do it in my upper quads i okay. sit down in the morning just upper quad boom done uh subcutaneously and then and where's my definition i don't see oh. the separation in my legs huh so i'm like okay maybe i can do some collagen synthesis uh intramuscularly uh-huh so I, I injected it in my shoulder where i you know i started ramping up the training intensity and anticipation of the cycle yeah yeah so i started putting it in my shoulder every day five milligrams and then within three days, the injury was a lot better. You're kidding me. Like, hmm. huh. It's like TB500 or BPC157. But TB500 and BPC157 has a limited use duration, right? Maybe six weeks, maybe eight weeks until the injury is healed. Yeah. But GSK copper is bioidentical. Your body produces this. So that's, right? from all the data that I've read, it's something you can run quite a long time. Yeah. So now I'm, um, I'm, I'm kind of spiking body parts. And, and maybe I... Uh, Maybe we can use this for side enhancement. Interesting, man. I wonder, man, I'm wondering if I could use that to, to like help my shoulders, my shoulders, uh, mm-hmm. believe it or not, are not getting healthier as I age. And as I continue <laughs> to push heavy weight over my head, I don't know why, uh, but yeah. it, it seems to, be I thought that case. skip, uh, skip already gave up on the overhead stuff. He's like, no, only laterals. I think he did say that I did an experiment yeah. for a while, man, where, I stopped training shoulders altogether, and I was one of those guys that always had really round shoulders, but not enough chest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. my shoulders didn't change for like an entire year. Like they got no smaller. Uh, although I didn't get those nice ego lifts because at one point, like I'd get in there and push the you know the one thirties over my head and, and feel like I was doing something special. <laughs> right. Well, it's a, for us it's special. I mean, if you stand next to Nick Walker, uh, he, he does the one seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the, the, those guys are spaced far and few between, luckily. And they're not at my home gym, so I'm still the strongest in my home gym. Yeah. We've got a, so uh, we've got some people watching. Uh, we've got a bunch oh, of people cool. watching. And it I hope it's not too that, early. Yeah, well, it's like it is early here. It's it's late there. What time is it in Thailand right now? It is 8.30. 8.30 in the evening. Yeah. Okay, so 9.30 in the morning here, 8.30 in the evening there. Just trying to to get a grasp on where we're at here. Um, Grace did chime in and she was wondering about uh, the copper peptide. She says, uh, how much Mm -hmm. of the GHK copper would uh, Mm -hmm. 140 pound female use? How can you explain to us how you would dose this? Because I'm intrigued myself. I haven't used it. I have a friend who's using it for some, some heart issues actually. And I know oh, really? that of some other people that are having some doing some experiments, I should say. Right. So it, 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 it kind of depends on what you want. Like in the anti-aging community, it's generally accepted to run between two to five milligrams of GHK copper. Okay. You got, you got to remember that you're injecting copper directly. Yeah. So there is a thing as copper toxicity or where you get too much copper and it, it displaces the zinc. Right. So I already, I already did the calculation. You'd need 32 milligrams of GHK copper to reach uh, copper toxicity on top of the copper that you get from your diet. So most people will never reach that. Okay. Um, you know, for risk assessment purposes, but I like what you can start low one milligram per day, run it for a week and then two milligrams, maybe, and then maybe five milligrams per day. I, I've ran 10 milligrams per day, but I think for a girl that's not really uh, necessary. My wife hasn't started it. Because the post-injection pain is legendary. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, this is this is not comfortable. So I, I injected it in my shoulder here to resolve uh, the uh, injury, right? Yeah. You can't even raise your arm. It's You're like injecting wind, injecting windstraw, and it lasts only for a few hours. But huh. it, it's a mineral. It's a trace mineral that you're injecting. So it's the same with these injectable vitamins sometimes, yeah. like glutathione injections, for example. That's not pleasant either. So if the girl is thinking about using it, uh, subcutaneous first, 
before you start spiking uh, the, the the delts for the bikini competition. Uh, yeah, because now it, 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 you do feel it. I, I tried to administer it in the teardrops after a leg day. Yeah. And then going up the stairs is not pleasant. You do make a good point uh, about the fact of throwing things out of balance. I've even seen that, like like um, the women who use the copper IUD. I mean, you literally have. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. copper in your body. So that's something mm-hmm. you got to pay attention to is throwing off zinc. And yeah. that could throw off a lot of things. So are you supplementing with zinc, uh, anything like that to try yeah, to keep it? Yeah, always. Okay. Always. Yeah, year round. Yeah, year round. So during the post-cycle therapy, you supplement with zinc a little bit more because you're trying to restore HPTA and increase testosterone production. And I usually run like 25 milligrams of zinc picolinate year round. Okay. The zinc is used in so many biological processes. And when you take steroids, you increase gene transcription, right? The, the DNA gets read and then uh, transcribed into RNA, big words. I know, but you basically the steroid is reading the DNA and makes machines which pump out protein, put it sure. lightly, simply. And zinc is used and selenium is used and a couple other micronutrients are used. So when you speed up that process and you don't supplement with zinc, or, or have adequate z, uh, selenium from your diet, then you just create a micronutrient deficiency for yourself. So I always make sure that I have a little bit of zinc, and then now, especially with a copper, uh, a GHK copper, I make sure that it's nicely balanced. So my wife also has a copper IUD, but she never had any issues regarding uh, high copper. Okay, okay. Yeah, because of course she competes, and, and something I le- learned from David Johnston in 2013 on the Up podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so happy that you got him back on because he kind of uh, disappeared from the scene. Dude, I he, always wondered what happened to the guy. He actually commented in the group. I made a post over at the the Think Oh really? Uh, the Think Big uh, Bodybuilding Facebook group, and he I can't remember what he said exactly, but he was like, "He, I'm pumped that you're getting Steve on. I love that guy. I love his channel." Oh my god, really? Yeah, swear to God, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, dude. So, so David Johnson, if you're watching, you're a freaking legend, man. Yes. I learned so much from this guy when he was openly talking about uh, Nikki when they were still together when she was competing. Yeah, and I, I applied everything to my wife: the diendol method, the calcium deglucurate, the cal- copper IUD, the particular uh, protocols uh, for women to remain uh, safe. Nice. And she won four world championships, three Asian championships, oh, yeah. one Southeast Asia championships, and one uh, national title here in Thailand. Dude, do me so, a favor. When we are done here, uh, send me a couple yeah. of uh, your guys' favorite pics of her because I'm going to yeah, we'll drop do. them in post-production right here so that everybody yeah, can, cool. can see the work. Yeah, we'll do. So, so uh, I can't believe that David Johnson is watching me. I mean, I listened to this guy ages. I know what you mean, man. Uh, all right. Crazy. So we had some listener questions. I put mm-hmm. a thing out on Instagram. You guys are welcome to chime in too. We might not be able to take everything here, but we're going to try to uh, burn through a few questions. You were just talking about uh, PCT, about recovery. um, And over on YouTube, Brett asks us, um, ask him about his dislike for Clomid. I think it's one of the most versatile drugs and easy to manage the sides. Uh, What do you think? Well, I don't really dislike Clomid, but listen. No, I mean, there's there's limited applications for it. The only real application during a post-cycle therapy. Okay. And, and there might be something to say for inclomiphene being, um, you know, a little bit less uh, burdening on the mental sides, you know, the estrogen-like mental sides, but just as positive as it's uh, released for luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. Hmm. So, you know, nowadays the clomid is kind of being pushed to the side and inclomiphene is being favored for post-cycle therapy. Some guys like to use clomid on cycle to keep you know the HPTA going, but it doesn't always work, especially when you're on anandrolone, a trembolone, mm. or a, a ment tristolone, because those compounds not only do they activate the androgen receptor, they also activate the progesterone receptor, and there are no like clomiphene and clomid and and all those selective estrogen modulators they block the estrogen receptor in the hypothalamus and the pituitary. Right. But if you take anandrolone or trimbolone, they also activate the progesterone receptor. Yeah. Now, the only way to block the progesterone receptor is by taking the morning after pill, mifepristone. Huh. And that's not sustainable. Yeah. So, 
you can use Clomid when you're on TRT just to sustain fertility, but I would not be subjecting myself to the ocular changes, right? It's blocking mm. the estrogen receptor in the brain. And you get all these tracers and, yeah. and you feel funny. So it's, I would only use that in post psychotherapy context, uh, context. Not, not sustainable. I don't understand how these hormone replacement therapy clinics just prescribe Clomid for guys that are clinically androgen deficient and have low T. I've and then seen you put it. them on a you I've put them on a compound a that that stimulates estrogen in the brain. These guys feel even worse than before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not. I don't do very well with Clomid early on. In fact, I I can say it was like after my first cycle around 2005. I remember opening the refrigerator and seeing these crazy lights. And I was like, huh, that's really weird. Oh, this is this is what I've read about on the boards. Okay. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this isn't permanent. I remember thinking that. This was myself. that you you bought one of those uh, droppers and they sent you LSD? Yeah. <laughs> it could have yeah, been. Right. It could have been, yeah, man. Well, oh, I grabbed the wrong bottle, you know, off the right. shelf. <laughs> no, but that does that does happen, right? And it's some for some guys it, it lasts for weeks after they yeah. stop clomid because it has i think a 45 day active life or detection time with the metabolites they they do clomid like effects in the body yeah um, it does have a long detection time that's for sure mm -hmm. hey uh kind of related and i don't know where it is on my list of stuff here from everybody over mm -hmm. at youtube somebody did ask we got another estrogen question so i figure i'll throw it out there now um sure they had asked uh, he said hey if i can't find uh reptable um, anti-estrogens, uh, what do you suggest that I do over the counter to manage estrogen? And I'm going to jump counter. into, I'm going to jump in, man, and say, if you can find gear, you can find anti-estrogen. So that's my first thought, just to like couch that first. Right. You know what I mean, I mean, every, every self-respecting source has a little bit of a Romsen and a Rimidex on his list. <laughs> yeah. So that's sad. That's so sad though. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, well, here in Thailand, primabolin is over the counter, and you can use that as an aromatized inhibitor. <laughs> Does that work well? Do you think? Yeah, I, I've seen it work okay. You know that or masteron for people. You think that's a yeah, or masteron yeah. or, or dehydrobaldenone or like most steroids that don't aromatize into estrogen, they will temporarily block the aromatized enzyme, similar to arimidex or letrozole, yeah. and prevent the conversion of testosterone into estradiol. So, primabolin, uh, provirin. Masteron, right? The DHT derivatives, they're quite good at that. And if you stick with a one-to-one -one ratio, mm. for most guys, it's a good starting point. So let's say you have 500 tests and it gives you a ton of estrogen. And you throw 500 milligrams of primobolin on top instead of doing a thousand milligrams of test. Yeah. And then your estrogen should be quite favorable, maybe at the top of the reference range. And then you'll have to look into your injection frequency and your body fat levels. And if you're taking nandrolone with that, or if you're taking nicotine with that, which can all increase or decrease aromatized enzyme activity as well. Okay. I didn't lose you there. It's, <laughs> I know it's, you go on a tangent of how to explain it. And it's, I think we're good. Uh, I, we have a, we have yeah. a smart audience. I think we have, oh, perfect. A, we, we have a okay. good crew of people here. Uh, some of them are smarter than, than we are, I'm sure. So we, uh, yeah, well, S Scott, for sure. Dr. Scott. True Nutrition has supported our programming now for a number of years, and I'm super grateful for it because they believe in us and I believe in them. I'm sure you guys have heard of Dante Trudell. We talk about him on the shows. Uh, he had a vision of offering high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. They have a ton of different protein powders, just about every type you could think of, literally thousands of flavor combinations. Hit me up if you're interested in suggestions. They offer health supplements. I use their collagen and their fish oil. And of course, they offer performance supplements. You can get bulk EAA powder or beta alanine. You can also get finished products like the Mountain Dog Perry MD Intra Workout. If you shop with True Nutrition and you use our code THINK, you'll get some additional savings, you'll get high quality supplements, and you will support our programming. You can also help to support the shows through Patreon. I appreciate everybody who's made a contribution. You guys are helping to keep me pumping these podcasts out. I have links to everything in the description. Check them out. Let me know what you think, and let's get back to the program. This is one of uh, one of our Patreon guys, actually. Shout out to you, Laser. Uh, shout out to everybody that is supporting our Patreon. Uh, he's, he kind of threw in: Are there any side effects someone should be aware if aware of if they are planning on using some of the ancillaries you talked about? 
such as I don't even know what that drug is. N e b i nabivalol. What's nabivalol? Nabivalol is a beta blocker. Is it so? Yeah. So, like when you train, especially for bodybuilding, you're always hammering your central nervous system, right? And, and you get into this uh, flight or fight state during the workout and then sometimes afterwards as well. And when you get closer to a deload or the longer you stay in that state, you need to get into a deload. So the nabivalol is in place to prevent many different things like heart enlargement by keeping your heart rate down. It blocks the beta one adrenergic receptor of the heart to slow your heart rate and not have it contract as forcefully. Um, so it, it might prevent heart enlargement on cycle. So I, I have that in place just to prevent heart enlargement, okay. keep my heart rate down. Um, I mitigate maybe a little bit of the negative effects of stimulatory drugs like caffeine mm. or clenbuterol or ephedrine or and everything else that we take that's stimulatory in bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, and by keeping your heart rate down and your blood pressure down, it's just something for longevity purposes. When you put so much strain on your heart during every set that you're taking the failure. Yeah. Because like people have no idea how high their blood pressure is or how high their heart rate is during right, a crazy set on the leg press or the squat or deadlift. You don't want to know. Nibif- <laughs> no, it's undetectable. So I had my arm run seven with me for a couple of leg days. Okay. And I, 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 trip, I keep my arm free, right? And I try to lock myself into the hack squat and just yeah. let the, the arm run seven take my blood pressure as I'm taking a set to failure. Okay. Undetectable. Yeah. And I'm trying to relax my, so it's like perfectly aligned on the wrist and it's, it's undetectable. Heart rate's like 150, 160. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. It's crazy. So it's like the nabivalol, the main risk I would say is that you get into sinus brachycardia where your heart rate is too low. Maybe yeah. when you're sleeping, right? That, that might have an ill effect. And it, because it blocks the beta-1 receptor, it might uh, lower your metabolic rate. So it's something you have to pull out at the end when you're doing a diet because it will inhibit fat loss beyond uh, that sticking point, you know, 6%. But of course, you can run that pretty much year-round until you're 6% and then do a contest. Um, and then you, you take it out for the last couple of weeks. And then you might have to force it, you know, the, the last little bit of fat off with some drugs or stimulants or right super low calories but at least during the time that you're running it you're protecting your heart actively and i honestly feel that nabivalol is like a performance enhancing drugs because it it l- reduces the rest period in between uh, working sets hmm. because your heart rate is not so high so it comes back uh, faster comes down faster and now you feel more at peace instead of being all wired and oh i just right because yeah. when the set is over, it doesn't mean your brain is over. <laughs> yeah. You're still in a state like, oh, my God, what just happened to you? Your whole body hurts. Um, so then the bivalol helps a little bit with that. Yeah, so I, I feel that it's a very valid addition for bodybuilders huh. just to prevent heart remodeling. And uh, But at one point, you'll have to take it out because it will inhibit fat loss at the later stages of a contest prep. Yeah. I imagine um, dosing would play a role, too, because I... I've had experience with beta blockers and I know from personal experience with metoprolol that if I were to go too high on it, then I just can't get my heart rate up. You know, I can't, you can't get amped. I mean, it's great if you need to like, I've never done a job interview uh, with metoprolol, but I feel like if I needed Mm -hmm. to do a job interview, I'll make sure that I have some with me because you know, it'll keep you calm It'll keep you like, uh-huh. you know, just kind of regulated. You don't get overly excited. But I think the balance would be making sure that you still can get excited enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so I run five milligrams of nabivalol. Okay. And it, where it's still tissue selective on the beta one receptor. But if you take over 10 milligrams per day and that was right, that was determined on not normal people. So, of course, we have more muscle mass, so potentially more beta one receptors. Um, so we probably could bump up the dose to 12.5 milligrams in bivalol and not lose selectivity. Okay. But mo- the clinical literature says that, you know, beyond 10 milligrams in bivalol is now no longer selective. Then it starts blocking the beta two as well. And then you rent right, your heart rate really goes down. Yeah. And then 
fat loss is basically impossible. So that's what Matt, you remember Matt Porter when of he course. was put on beta blockers? Of course, yeah. And right, he, he was doing frantically doing hours and hours of cardio and he just got fatter. But yeah. he was on a pretty high dose of beta blockers because he needed it for his heart. Yeah. Um, you know, God rest his soul. I love that you're part of the new school, but you know who all the old school people are. Well, listen, man, I'm a huge fan of bodybuilding. I've been doing this for 20 years. And I know you can't tell from, right? But <laughs> Come on. I took a little break, took a little break. But right, I, I always try to keep in touch and, and stay up to date with who's who, and especially the, the guys that lead to the industry, right? Or contribute to it actively. Because like guys like yourself, John Meadows, Dr. Scott Stevenson, Skip, S2H, and all those guys, they contribute actively to the fitness industry. So it's, it, it was always a great place for me to learn. And now finally, after 20 years, I'm like, okay, maybe I can, teach a little bit also i like that i like that yeah hey you can teach right. me about something um All right we have been getting inundated uh with questions oh no about this <laughs> drug that is uh apparently you've been talking about it um it is used for appetite excuse me appetite control in bodybuilding first of all what is this drug uh what is it used for medically and then what is the application in our sport so uh, I remember when I gave your channel a shout out, you were bombarded with uh, GLP-1 receptor agonist questions. Yes. Sorry for that. That's okay. So basically basically what happened, a couple clients of my wife, they were talking about liraglutide, okay. which is now being used in Thailand to suppress appetite. Huh. So I was like, I think I heard about this before. Some guys in Dubai, they were talking about it years back. Yeah. And so basically what it is, it's, it's a peptide that mimics the natural function of eating. So when you eat food, your body secretes uh, glucagon-like one pep, um, yeah, glucagon-like peptide one, yeah, and gastric inhibitory uh, polypeptide. And gastric inhibitory polypeptide secretes insulin and amulin to right, dispose of the glucose and suppress a little bit the appetite. And then the uh, glucagon-like peptide one also does the same thing, mostly on the insulin, not so much amylin, and also lowers gastric emptying, or I believe that's the, the GIP that lowers the gastric emptying and, and secreting of the gastric juices to help with digestion. So by taking a GLP-1 receptor agonist acting on the receptor, mm -hmm. you send a signal to your body that you just ate 24-7. Yeah. So... When you're a bodybuilder and you reduce your calories or anybody that reduces their calories, at one point you get to a point where you're super hungry, right? And then we, we start looking at the stimulants, the ephedrine, the clenbuterol, the Adderall. Of course. The fentramine, the subitramine. It's like um, the first place we go as bodybuilders. Yeah. Right. Modafinil. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've experimented with all those compounds and they work like a charm. Yeah. But they also come with a ton of side effects. Absolutely. And and most of them, they don't really burn fat actively, except for the clenbuterol. I mean, ephedrine does it to a certain extent, but it, that's mostly like like end-stage contest prep pick-me-up drug. Yeah. You're like, you have energy for two hours, you can have your workouts, you can have a drive home, and then after a while, you you know, you're narcoleptic again, you fall yeah. asleep. If you forget your next <laughs> dose, yes. Right, unless you forget your next dose, right. Yeah. Did you ever experiment with the injectable ephedrine? God, no. Dude, I, I right. have had, excuse me, Personally, the mm -hmm. worst experiences with ephedrine, what you just described was was me. I uh, toward the end of a contest prep using it, I would have the highs and feel, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Be just blowing through my cardio, training hard, come home and eat. And the next hour later, I am on the couch, unable to get up, just unbelievably yeah. low. And then I was just on that cycle of ups and downs. So for me, I found that I felt more worn out with that than anything else. So I've I've been more of a clean guy. I like the the, yeah. the stability of Clen. Um, I like. I, I think that it is personally. I've had better experiences with it for like a cosmetic fat. I mean, more than just. I'm saying cosmetic because it's more than just fat loss. I think you get a like mm -hmm. a water, you know, slight diuretic like effect with Clen. Yeah, and it improves your skin texture a little yes. bit because it, it works on a bit of too in the in the skin as well. It looks like a, almost a hydrated look. Yeah, um, I like so it. I, so yeah, I go I like there, too. but it doesn't mm. stop. It doesn't control my appetite the way ephedrine does. So I do think there is yeah. a place for like little 10 milligrams here and there. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, or a little bit of Adderall or a little bit of modafinil, right? And then you, you start compounding all that stuff. So uh, with the liraglutide, it doesn't act like a stimulant. 
Nice. It, it just mimics a natural pathway. Um, and, and normally it's prescribed for people with type 2 diabetes who, you know, basically gave themselves di- type 2 diabetes because of their lifestyle. Yeah. Right? The sanitation and not working, around, not working out in a poor uh, diet uh, habits. So they give them this drug. And now they can control their appetite better, their food intake better, and they literally get themselves out of type 2 diabetes or at least uh, being able to phase off the medications like metformin or um, uh, insulin. Oh, yeah. So it, it's a highly beneficial um, peptide that in the case of bodybuilding, the main issue that I see is that it, it causes nausea. So yeah, okay. there's three... There's three different kinds. You have the liraglutide that is an active life for about 24 hours. Then you have uh, dulaglutide, it's about three, four, five days active life. And then you have semaglutide, it's about seven days. So if you take liraglutide, I, pre- I would prefer that one because you can do daily administrations and then mm. on a Sunday refeed, yeah. you can skip it and still get your 1,000 grams of carbs in. Yeah. All right? Because like we that. still need our thousand grams of carbs uh, in the weekend. But if you take dulaglutide, you feel very nauseous in the first two days of the week. Yeah. And then as the week goes by, as the medication starts to wear off, you slowly start to get appetite. You can still do your refeed, but with the semaglutide, with a long active life, it uh, that's probably the most potent one, to be honest. It's way more potent than the liraglutide and the dulaglutide. But then in, the, in your weekend refeed, that will be a struggle. You know, like you're just coming off an off season with 8,000 calories, that, that's how your refeed is going to be like, oh, I can't do this anymore, you know? Yeah. You have to power shove through it and then you still feel nauseous. Yeah, that's rough. Um, yeah, that's rough. So I, I prefer liraglutide with daily administrations. And then it takes about half a day before it really starts working. But if you, if you do your refeed on Sunday and by Monday afternoon you start to get hungry, then that, that feeling is no longer there. Okay. And then you have to set a timer on your on your on your phone just to make sure you eat. Yeah, that makes because this is all making sense to me. I I have a a, a close friend who uh, is using Victoza. She uh, mm. she doesn't have any issues with her insulin, but she has hyperandrogen hyperandrogenism. Um, so kind of like, oh, really? like okay. PCOS like, um, and so yeah. it's kind of an advanced application of Victoza. But much like, you know, women with PCOS will use a drug like metformin, um, mm-hmm. this has been her sweet spot. I know that when she's been off of it, when she starts it back up, she will get some, some you know, stomach upset, nausea, all of that. Yeah. And I know over time, though, she does, it kind of levels off for her. She keeps the dose really low, too, you know, but... So zero, 0.5 milligrams or one milligram? I'm not sure, actually. I know okay. we, we've talked about it, though, where she's because I know what her monthly supply is. And she's made she's like at times doubled that, you know, really stretched it. Yeah. Um, taking half. You do build a little stuff. bit of a, a tolerance up to it. Mm. But I took 0.5 milligrams of uh, semaglutide, which is half the recommended dose. Yeah. You start low and that that was like a sweet spot. And then the next week I took one milligram and I was wrecked. Yeah. I was literally wrecked. I was so nauseous. I uh, couldn't even train. Yeah. And then you, you try to do some exercise where the, like for legs, for example, you do deep squats and it's just the, the action of your quad digging into your stomach. It wrecked me completely. I couldn't even drive a car. I got car sick. You're kidding me, That's, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So it, it's I, I prefer the, the liraglutide at a low dose. It's for the greater good that you did this because now you won't have your clients take that much. So you learned. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. For, for well, that. So, so I'm coaching a guy in China um, who also uh, has access to liraglutide. Okay. And I put him on 0.6 milligram, which is very low dose. And he's like, dude, I, get, I, I forget meals and I get nauseous during the workout. Can we stop taking this? Yeah. So he only takes it like the last couple of days where he really gets tired. Um, and then you only think about food, you know, you start fantasizing about pickles and weird kinds of uh, <laughs> foods. And so he only took it a couple times because he'd rather be hungry um, yeah. than, uh, than, than feel this uh, appetite suppression and work all day. And then you realize you didn't get your protein in Yeah, because that does happen. I, I ran it when I was fasting for a week and you just don't want to eat. Good God. It, it, it's yeah. It's like a cheat, cheat code. Really? At the yeah, same time, it's, it's one of the most 
most powerful drugs that I've uh, experienced with regarding appetite reduction. It's way more powerful than anything else we have in bodybuilding. But the issue is it makes you nauseous, especially when you train hard. Yeah. So you have to time those. Let's say you do a morning workout. There's not so much food in your stomach. Then it's okay. And you do the, you have your shake and you go to the gym. That's okay. And then you do your injection afterwards. So you have about 22 hours to metabolize that. And the next day you, you work out, you don't have this nauseating effect. But if you take it in the morning, you have two meals and then go to the gym. No way. Huh. No, how, how does it affect no. uh, your pumps and your performance? Besides the fact, Same. obviously. It's all, it's, it's all this. Yeah, of course, that you're, uh, all right, you're calorie restricted. Uh, it's about the same. Okay. Yeah, it's about the same. It's it, There's no ill effect. I mean, it. people are a little bit worried when you talk about these compounds because it, it's insulinotropic. So it releases insulin. Yeah. But that's always in combination with uh, glucose, or, uh, blood glucose. Okay. So if you don't eat any carbs or your carbohydrate intake is low during a cutting phase, then it's not going to secrete any more insulin than you would otherwise be secreting. So huh. It's not like an insulin suddenly that you go hypo and then you overeat while you're nauseous. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Huh. So I, I checked my blood sugar while I was taking these compounds at even higher dosages. My blood sugar doesn't budge. Nice, man. No, Right? With, with insulin like Lantus or Humalog, yeah, your your blood sugar will change, obviously, but with a GLP-1 receptor agonist, no. It's just the same. It's right? it's the only thing that is very expensive in a lot of countries or only available on prescription. Yeah, yeah. It From what I've seen, it is it is really costly. Not to mention it's it's not something that can, it's it's like insulin. So are, are, do, do all of them, these, these need to be refrigerated? Yeah, yeah, they come in a pre-mixed pens, just like the insulin and then the pharmaceutical growth hormone. Okay. So they do need to be refrigerated. Um, I, I remember a guy that kept it outside accidentally in the hot Thai air. And oh, it's, it didn't, well, it didn't degrade. Like if your peptide degrades, it turns cloudy, you know, that the protein is denatured and it just kind of falls apart and it turns into something else. Yeah. And you get a weird immune response if you inject that. But that didn't happen. And I've seen it happen with norditropin and genotropin. As well, you just leave it out in the heat, and then you you get it back, and and yeah, the liquid is still clear. You can still use it and raise your IGF one levels uh, on a blood test with it. So right? that's why we go with pharmaceutical. <laughs> I, it's a risk I wouldn't want to take, if especially no, if I'm in a, Thailand. I'm I'm gonna have like a cooler or a mini fridge, something like nonstop. <laughs> There's, I'm not taking risks with that kind of money. That kind of, yeah, more than money, it's gold. At the dollar shop, you know, just taking all the ice packs. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. I love this. Yeah. Uh, Nick Weary chimed in. He said he needs to periodically check this out. Um, Nick Weary is a competitive eater. We, we've been, we, oh, he's really? been chiming in lately. He's like top three. Okay. In the world. That's cool. So, uh, oh, wow. Uh, I couldn't okay. imagine eating that kind of food, man. Like, I think if should... you want to place last, then, then use a uh, GLP. Uh, you yeah. won't be able to. Right. You won't be able to, to do it. I, I think you're right. Drinking 10 liters of water to stretch your stomach is probably more beneficial for eating contests. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, in general, man, um, the old school part of myself says, Hey, hunger is part of it. You know, that when we're mm -hmm. it, don't, don't, I mean, I, I love the idea of let's possibly experiment with this and see what you can get. But I do see, it sounds like there are some risks, you know, you could mm -hmm. potentially throw yourself off if you start missing meals if you start getting yeah. uh, issues in the gym, um, as a coach, I'm I I don't want to see that happen to a client. You know what I mean? I I would uh, I would say the old school method is is find acceptance, right? And I know you're not saying right. like you should run from hunger. Uh, that this is no. something out there that you could experiment with. But at the end of the day, man, it's like you know this is uh, part of the sport, right? Being hungry. Right, and like if you get so overly hungry to the point you lose productivity. Like the contracts are not are not here anymore, right? We all have to be self-employed. We actively coach. We have a YouTube channel. Yeah. So when you're so preoccupied with hunger, I like this, and you lose finances mm. over it, and, you, and and that way you can't take care of your family or you're moody all the time. Like I had no mood issues when I was running it. it actually, I was in a better mood. Nice. Because it took the sensation of hunger away. Yeah. So, and, and what we all experience as bodybuilders, especially on androgens, we get a little bit in a shitty mood, or at least I do. And I'm sure there's many guys out, out there who can relate. You know, you get into that prep, uh, the diet life. Oh, yeah. I don't and, care what gear you're I, running. If you're hungry, you're not happy. 
Yeah, right. And so this can take that away to a certain extent that you're still productive and a little bit better uh, partner to your uh, wife. Yeah. So and that, that that's mostly why it is. I mean, it has, you can suffer through a contest prep or a cutting phase totally, right? It's not going to make you, this compound is not going to make you any leaner or more shredded, um, but it might help with productivity huh. or it's just put your, right? Put your uh, thoughts away somewhere else because the worst thing is that you're thinking about food all day when you could be thinking about making money, growing your YouTube channel, growing your social media, uh, whatever business you're involved in, that, that sounds like a little bit more reasonable yeah. <laughs> uh, to me. So, yeah. I like that idea, man. I like your mindset. Um, I think we're about out of time here. Uh, I, I, you know, I've mentioned the YouTube channel, Vigorous Steve. Um, you, have a, you have a website set up. Where, what else do you have going on? Like fill us in on everything and I will make sure we have links. <laughs> down below oh man uh i got i got a website with some articles um vigorousteve.com and the, uh, instagram of course vigorous steve youtube channel vigorous steve linktree vigorous steve with all the the affiliates and sponsors that i'm associated with so that's gorilla mind and young la clothing and gym pin uh but i believe everybody has a gym pin code because you know what you know what gym pin is right it's, it's like the, uh, thing you the stick extenders in the, yeah yeah right yeah yeah, so when I used to be strong, uh, I, I would use that thing. <laughs> I would use that thing all the time, but I'm I'm actively building my way back up so I can uh, slam a couple plates on the adductor machine and uh, right, the a couple other machines. You said you're so like a. It's couple, all in the link tree. Couple shots in now. Is that what you said? Two, three shots in. To your cycle. Uh, two shots. Two yeah, shots two shots. In. Second one this morning. Yeah. All right. So this is about the time, man. I, I expect. I predict that you are going to start getting stronger now. This is going to, it's going to start happening. If you're, mm -hmm. what are you doing for nutrition? Let me ask you that. Are you eating more or what's going on? I uh, know I'm going to eat the same. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a keto, ketogenic diet, 2,500 calories, which is not a lot. Okay. Um, but I don't want to get into this old mindset of like 5,000 calories and power shoving and, and a ton of carbs because I mean, the reason why it came off is because of the, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And oh, I, I believe okay. I got that from the complete bodybuilding lifestyle, blasting and cruising, a ton of foods, right? And and never really taking a break. Um, so I don't want to get into that again. So I'm, I'm going to keep my calories a little bit uh, reasonable. Okay. And, uh, and, and the dosage uh, moderate, at least for bodybuilders. Like TRT guys would still scream at me. <laughs> um, but that's <laughs> I, everybody has a different uh, right, uh, expectation point of what, uh, what people do. So... No, the diet is going to be ketogenic to, to stay cognitive and focused. It has no application in, in bodybuilding. Okay, okay. I'm well aware. Okay. Right? No, no. It's, I mean, I'm not Dave Palombo. So, oh, you need to go keto. It's the best way to diet. No, it's, listen, I love carbs. I love doing 800 carbs per day and, and just train insane and everything high reps. Uh, but for cognition, I just have dips during the day. So I feel like a little bit sleepy. And yeah. So I'd rather do the ketogenic diet and maybe have not a super awesome workout, but then at least I can right, work more. Okay. So I take it back. Maybe you won't be using the gym pins just yet. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to wait a little longer to get a couple more I CCs think, in you. Then, then we'll yeah, be right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to up the dose and then I, I can qualify to a microplate gym pin. Okay. Again, one last you know, question, with, man. What, sure. what, what is, uh, what is the next YouTube video going to be about? Uh, so that's about my heart health. Okay. And then after that, I have something like a series about uh, collagen synthesis uh, supplements and then uh, PEDs and then how to heal injuries. Okay. In case nice. you uh, do snap uh, your bicep tendon or right in half. So yeah. always trying to produce content for either bodybuilders or people in the fitness space. And, and there's so much to talk about. And then by the time I, uh, I ran through all the content, I learned something new and I can just make a new video about the same thing with new stuff I learned. So that's cool. The sport, sport is always evolving. So next one will be 55 minutes discussing a chest x-ray an ultrasound an MRI. And yeah, it's going to be quite in depth. Wow. That's a long one for you yeah. too. I've seen some of your videos that are substantial. You squeeze a lot of information yeah. into a lot, a much shorter video sometimes. Yes, yeah, sometimes. But lately I just try to give as much information as possible, but I think it, it turns people off sometimes. I see that like one hour, two hour and like, oh, oh yeah, that's a big commitment. Steve, that's a big commitment. Give me <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. Dude, I appreciate your time so much, man. And it's Thank been you so a pleasure much. 
getting to connect with you and uh, getting to meet you. You know, I, I'll call it in person. It's not really in person, but I feel one like one day, uh, one day when I come to the States, I'll, uh, I'll come meet you in person for sure. I got to get out. I think even better, man, I got to get to Thailand. That would be that would be the game plan right there. That would be fun. Bring uh, bring Victoria and uh, I'll uh, give you the royal treatment for sure. Hell yeah. I appreciate it. Guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Um, I didn't mention it at the beginning. Maybe I did. I don't remember. If you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do head over to see Vigorous Steve. Subscribe to him. Uh, And uh, we appreciate you guys watching. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Take care.